Hi, this is your host, Pete Bloom. Welcome to American Heroes Network. Our core mission is serving the brave men and women who have sacrificed to ensure our freedom. You will hear true stories from those that have served, learn about veteran organizations and resources, and gain hope for your future knowing American Heroes Network, your community, and other veterans are here and at the ready to serve and help you and your family. We will talk about the hard topics like PTSD and TBI. You will also hear military history, inspirational stories, learn about networking with the community, and more. So come join us and be part of our family. Today's guest is an Army combat disabled veteran that served in Iraq. He's received the Bronze Star and has been awarded the Veterans Voices Award. He even rejoined the military and is Command Sergeant Major of the Army National Guard's 34th Infantry Division. As a member of the DAV, he has held several positions and is now the current National Commander of the DAV. I would like to welcome Butch Whitehead. Butch, thank you for serving and how are you doing today? Pete, thank you for having me. I'm doing really well. It's been very busy this year, obviously, but I'm definitely enjoying the year and everything's going really well. That's really awesome to hear. So, Butch, my last three interviews were with Vietnam veterans who were also previous national commanders of the DAV. One of the reasons for that is that this month is the anniversary of the Vietnam Tet Offensive. And at American Heroes Network, we're remembering those that served in the U.S. military and what they went through over there. The other reason is to share the stories of survival and to show how faith, hope, and a little determination can result in happiness and success no matter what you've been through. As they all told their stories, I can see how the DAV helped them and how they thrived as part of the DAV family. It really seems like the DAV is a great asset for the veteran community, so I'd like to talk about that today. But first, really, I'd like to start at the beginning with you. So if you wouldn't mind telling us, when did you join the Army and what job did you actually do in the Army when you joined? Pete, I joined the Army back in 1991. I joined as a field artillery crewman. Well, I've been doing that all my life. It's the only job I've had in the military. Back in the 1990s, it was pretty calm and not much going on up until obviously the Gulf War had just really kicked off when I went in there. But as a National Guard, we really haven't been very active when it comes to the mobilization. But after 9-11, that changed a lot for the Army National Guard. I deployed twice, and the most recent one was in 2005 through 2007. I actually deployed to Iraq, and that's actually where I received my combat action. So you fought in Iraq, and you received a head injury. Can you tell us about that, what happened? Yeah, so on February 22nd in 2007, our base came under a mortar attack. They actually fired 15 rockets at our base, and we all took cover, you know, like we, you know, you're supposed to, and you know, thankfully we do. We thought all the mortar rounds were done. Uh, we all started going around doing accountability checks like we're trained to do. And then they fired another eight rockets back at us after we were all wandering around. And one of those rockets landed about 40 to 50 meters behind me. And that's where I received my concussion. So when that happened, is that part of the reason that you got a bronze star or was that for something else? Well, a bronze star was my leadership and also all of the activities that we did as a whole. My platoon, my squad, we were very activated over there. We were very involved with a lot of cordon searches, convoy escorts, base security. So I received it for multiple reasons. Obviously, my leadership, but also for the actions on February 22nd as well. Where we received several wounded, and we also lost a few of our, our soldiers as well. So then the next thing that sounds very interesting is you received the Veterans Voices Award, which is something that I haven't heard of. So could you explain what that is and how you came to receive that award? 
Yeah, here in Minnesota, we are governor at that time, Governor Dayton. Really want to recognize those veterans that are making a difference here in the state in helping other veterans. I had a few of my friends that, without my knowledge, they put my name in for recognition to the governor to show what I've been doing in the community on helping veterans. Back in 2010, I actually started working with a program called Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, where it was actually, I was charged with going around to communities and helping communities develop a program where they are actually helping the deployed soldiers and their families in that community. So they have a network system there in their hometown. You know, here in Minnesota, we don't have any active duty bases. So it was very hard to send our families to one particular spot to get the support they may need. So we are actually charged with kind of helping make sure the community stepped up. So between that and then in 2012, when I joined the DAV, my passion has been giving back to those that helped me as well as those that fought before me, and that's the veterans and the families. So it's definitely my passion for it. So my friends and my wife saw that, so they you know, submitted my application to the governor, and I was awarded a Veteran Voice Award. That's really awesome. It's really great when other people, you know, around you, you know, whether it's family, friends, coworkers, they recognize what you've done and they appreciate what you've done and they submit you for something. So that's really cool. So you talked about the DAV. How did you actually become part of the DAV yourself initially? Well, initially, as I was driving around the state of Minnesota, helping set up these communities with the Beyond the Ribbon, I learned about the DAV when I was in these communities learn about what all the program and services that they did and why they exist and that are actually providing a good service and really truly focusing on veterans and veterans issues. That intrigued me a lot. So I started following them a little bit more. Um, I became a member in 2012. And shortly after becoming a member, I came very active at the department level here at the state and became the department adjutant in 2012. And that's really what drove me to becoming more and more active even at the national level. Gotcha. So, and besides the adjutant position that you just mentioned, now I know you served in several roles before becoming the national commander. What else did you do with the DAV? We have a foundation up here. I actually carry the title of executive director uh, for the foundation, as well as I've served on several of the committees, such as a volunteerism committee, uh, the transportation committee, outdoors committee. So there's several committees I've sit on as well, where I've sat and helped all the programs succeed and continue to grow. Awesome. So I guess becoming the national commander, though, is probably the highlight of all of these. And I definitely commend you for that because I know it took a lot of hard work and determination to get where you're at today and be able to lead the organization nationally. And so as the national commander, is there anything that you've done so far that, you know, is like something that really stands out that you're excited or proud about or something that's coming this year in 2020? Well, obviously, 2020 is our 100-year anniversary, so I'm really excited about that. And being the leader of an organization that's going to be celebrating our 100-year birthday, so I'm super, super excited about that. But some of the things that I'm very proud of what the DAV continues to do, and that's the advocacy for continuing to fight for all veterans. You know, one of the biggest things we've been fighting for for, you know, several years is the Blue Water Navy veterans and making sure that all of those veterans are taken care of. And just this year, that was signed into law that these veterans that served on ships are also now going to be able to hopefully get the benefits that they have earned as well. So I'm very proud that DAV was a front runner of that, fighting for that benefit as well. That's really awesome. In 100 years, that is fantastic that the organization has been around that long helping people. Something about you again that I just wanted to bring up is that, you know, you're already serving as the DAV National Commander, and then you decided to go ahead and rejoin the military and become the Command Sergeant Major of the Army's National Guard 34th Infantry Division. Tell me about that story. 
I want to step back a little bit, Pete, because honestly, one thing that's drove me to be who I am today is recognizing those that helped me get to where I'm at. A big passion of mine has been the Vietnam veterans. You know, I came home from Iraq. Uh, the Vietnam veterans were truly there, taking us in their arms and really making sure that we knew what resources. And that, it really goes back to the DAV and as well as those members that helped me. My wife has been a great supporter of that. So as I've been learning and doing more and more of the DAV, I really want to make sure that our younger, currently serving soldiers truly understand the importance of the veteran service organizations, in particular the DAV, and why we exist, and that we're truly here fighting for these veterans. As I transitioned out before, you know, there was really no good handoff. Really, okay, you serve in the uniform, thank you. Okay, now go back to go to the community and good luck. Well, one thing the DAV is very good at is I really want to make sure that those soldiers that are leaving the service, leaving the uniform, let them know that there is another family out there, and that is a family like the DAV. It isn't just helping with filing benefits. It's also the employment. You know, some of these veterans are leaving a military service of 20, 30-some years. They don't have a career. Only thing they know is the military. Making sure that these soldiers know that they truly can reach out to the DAV and get all the help they need with whatever it may be, benefits, employment, family resources, and everything. So really, that was my driving force to get back in. Because continued being a leader is something I'm very proud of, and I think we, I still have a lot to offer. Awesome. You know, you talk about all that, but then the rejoin in the military, do you want to talk about that at all? Sure. In February of 2019 is when I took the uniform off, just because I knew going in to become a national commander, it was going to take a lot of my time. And I didn't want to be that leader that I tell my soldiers to be in uniform, be in that formation, and here I am off running around, taking care and being part of the DEV and not doing the job that I was supposed to be. So I took that leave, and that's actually where I went in what we call inactive National Guard. I had some time left in my contract, so I was able to go into inactive National Guard status. And through my 20-some years, 28 years of service, one of my passions, one of my goals, I was like, I would love the opportunity to become the Division Command Sergeant Major for the 34th Infantry Division. I'm very proud of that organization. And when I was out here in October... The opportunity, the current at that time, the division command sergeant major was taking a different position and I got word of it. So I was like, well, I want to apply. You know, worst thing they can do is say no. So I put my application in and applied for the become the division command sergeant major because as I said earlier, I feel I still have a lot to offer even to the military, to these soldiers at making sure that they're fully understanding and knowing what direction we're going. So I put my packet in and lo and behold, the general selected me as his command sergeant major. Now, I've read that you're pretty proud of this unit, and I guess they got a really great reputation. But I got to know, if you can tell me, why do they call them the Red Bulls? It goes all the way back to World War I in Atlanta, Job, actually, when we started. Actually, it's the history of, just like any military branch, you know, we all have a name or model for us. And the Red Bulls is actually where they actually started back then. It's a great, great organization. It's always fun to hear some of that history and figure out where some of these things came from, because they can be pretty interesting. Yep. So you kind of highlighted a little bit about some of the things that they do at the DAV. You know, you said benefits and employment. Could you outline the DAV programs that are available to veterans and the families so that everyone knows everything? Absolutely, Pete. You know, one of the biggest things I want to really highlight is, you know, our service program that we offer. And that is our national service officers, our county veteran service officers, those are actually using the DAV uh, service program. We have over 260 national service officers scattered all across the United States. We're there to provide and help these veterans now file the benefit that they've earned with the VA. 
as those that serve, we know that we're sometimes put in uh, situations where we get an injury or we become ill. And because of what we do, I want to make sure that those service members are taken care of, these veterans. So the National Service Officers, I'm very proud of all the work that they're doing. You know, we filed over a million claims just last year for these service members. You think about the number of veterans that are out there, that's huge. And we continue to file more and more benefits every day. The other piece is about employment. And employment is a program we just started not even 10 years ago. I think it's been like six, seven years we've been now doing this employment piece. And that started out with sponsoring job fairs and helping all these veterans find a good place to work as they transition out. We've actually taken that now a little further and we're evolving that into even helping these veterans maybe with resume writing and or putting on a website so they know where to go. Because in the, today's economy, we know how well it's going doing. You know, the unemployment rate is very low, low as it's been in a while. But at the same time as some of these veterans may be not happy in the current job status, so we'll continue to evolve in our employment piece is a very great program as well. The third one I want to really highlight is our transportation program. That started back in 1985, or actually long before that, actually back with Henry Ford. But the transportation program where we're transporting veterans to and from their VA medical appointments, it's very important to the DAV that our veterans get the health care that they've earned so they can be around. It's quality life, right? And we know that receiving the care at those that truly understand what a veteran is and is at the VA, as you get older, sometimes these veterans they don't have the means of transportation to get to the doctor's appointment. So partnering with the board, partnering with the VA medical centers and the DAV, transporting these veterans is another great program for us as well. You know, I hadn't even heard that one. So that's really awesome that you guys are expanding out and doing that too. What about the spouses? I'm just curious, do you have a program for spouses too, or is it just only veterans? Nope, actually, we have a great auxiliary organization. It's wonderful. I mean, they're, you know, hand in hand with us on everything we're doing. The DAV Auxiliary is a great advocate for us as we're out there fighting on the hill and or need to get some more volunteers to do a certain program. Our Auxiliary is wonderful, great supporters of our, all of our missions that we're doing, all of our programs. They're right there beside us. Excellent. So a little bit of a supplement there for them. Absolutely. So if you were addressing veterans or families today, what kind of things would you actually tell them as sort of like an action items list of really what you feel as a national commander that they need to do or that they need to think about either when they're getting out of the military or, you know, those that are already out who just might be in some sort of need right now? You know, I think the biggest thing, the biggest first thing I would say is continuing to let us know what your needs are. As we continue to advocate for all veterans all across the country, we know that what veterans went through in World War I, II, Vietnam, Korea, Gulf War, Everything is a little bit different. We're all going to being exposed to different things. So continue to let us know what the needs are so we can make sure that we're advocating for these veterans at the Capitol. You know, obviously, up in legislation, make sure we get all that done. But then as well, with that, carry on that same message is be involved. You know, we are one big family. When you leave the military, the military is your family. Let these veterans now know that there's another family for them. So when they're struggling or in a, a spot where they really need to talk, that the DAV is there. We are a family. We can relate to things that people have gone through to come forward, get involved with the DAV at the local level and really be proud of the service that they did for our country. So, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is the job fairs. And I'll have to tell you that my personal experience from going to the job fairs, because I've actually been to probably two or three of them that were sponsored by the DAV. 
They were definitely absolutely amazing, you know, with all the employers there and all the different networking with people that could be done. So it's a super beneficial thing to be a part of. So that's one thing that people can look up is just DAV and job fair, and then they'll find a list of those things out there. Very helpful for, you know, veterans that are out there looking for work. So you talked about all the people that are part of the DAV in these different uh, locations throughout the United States. And for those veterans that might be out there looking for work, is it a volunteer thing? Is it a paid thing? What are the options there if someone wanted to join the DAV? What are the different levels of what they can do? You know, joining the DAV, there is a cost to join the DAV. It's a one-time fee now of $300 for life membership. Uh, We don't have annual dues. We don't do things like that. So once you join, you're in a volunteer status. At the local level, at the chapter level, what we call chapters, the volunteer piece is a big piece of getting people to be involved in helping other veterans. Our chapters have some great, great programs in the local areas where they help their veterans. Volunteerforvets.org is a great website to go to because even if you're not a veteran yourself, but we encourage veterans to do this as well, we really want to reach out and find out what the veterans need help with. Maybe painting a room, installing a ramp to their house clean out their gutters in the fall or whatever. Volunteering is a big piece at the local level and also at the department level as well. And then at some point, are there any paid positions with the DAV or no? Yeah, we have some paid employees. Uh, We have some paid employees at the department level, but also at the national level. They're national service officers. They are a paid status. We do have some hospital service coordinators that actually help with the transportation piece that are paid. So yes, you can get hired on the DAV as well. And I encourage people to go to DAV.org and just, you know, check and see what jobs. Because if we do have a job open, we have it listed actually on that site as well. Yeah, it just sounds like a very great organization to either volunteer for or to work for. And helping veterans and their families for like 100 years is a great achievement. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that this is something great to get involved with one way or another. And I just think it's great to hear from you today and learn all about this. We've talked to so many veterans that just have great things to say, and I just wanted to get it straight from the boss, basically. Absolutely. Appreciate that. Can you think of anything else that you'd like to add in? You know, I think, yeah, one thing I'd like to really add in is really highlighting the advocacy work that we're doing, you know, for all veterans. You know, one thing about our organization is we're fully focused on taking care of veterans and their spouses, and every day we're continuing to fight for these benefits out in the Capitol, in D.C., So I want to do a big shout out to that team because they're doing great work and we're continuing to fight for all these veterans issues. But, you know, our organization is only as strong as our membership. So those that are able to become a member, I just ask, please consider joining the DAV and be part of a great organization that's going to be here for another hundred years and longer and more. Because one thing we'll never do is we don't lose focus on taking care of our veterans and their families. Outstanding. Definitely. So Butch, I have to ask you, you know, I've talked to some of the other previous national commanders And when they were serving as that, they got to go and talk with different bills and getting things passed and legislation and all that kind of stuff, and even got to meet presidents. So I'm curious, who have you got to meet so far that might be interesting? Well, right now, I've met the secretary of the VA, you know, Secretary Wilkie. We've had a couple good dialogues. I went to the White House and I actually got to see the president. I actually didn't get to meet him, but I've actually been to the White House and seen the president and his first lady. That was very interesting. And then our big thing as the past national commander was saying, one of the bills that's very important to me, I want to continue to fight for, and that is the burn pit exposure for our veterans, not just the currently serving, but even going back to the toxic exposure of the Vietnam Korean War veterans as well. That's a very important bill that we've been fighting for, and we're starting to gain a little traction. I don't think it's going to be there tomorrow, but we're continuing to push for that, and that's another important bill for me. 
Outstanding. And so you started in 2019, right? So when do you serve through? I actually served through August of this year. Uh, we have our convention coming up here in Dallas, Texas, first week of August, and that's when we'll be electing a new national commander. So basically everyone only gets to one year as a national commander and then they pass the torch, right? Absolutely. One year, and uh, believe me, one year is enough. It's a lot of running, a lot of work, and I can definitely see, but we have a lot of great leaders behind out there. We have some great leaders in our organization, and definitely one thing we're not short on is leaders, so one year is more than enough. I guess in a way, it's always good to pass the torch frequently because then it keeps things fresh. Exactly. Different fresh eyes, fresh set of ears, really looking at things. And it definitely gives other people uh, inspiration to know that they come in the organization, they work hard, and then they too could possibly get elected to be the national commander. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, you know, Butch, I really appreciate you coming on today. After, you know, getting to talk to several different people who are part of the organization, it just really is amazing and so appreciative of you coming on today and really giving some more detail about what the DAV is really all about so that people have the facts and they know, you know, how to get involved and they know the programs that are available. So much appreciated of you coming on today and I look forward to hopefully hearing more from the DAV 100 plus years. Absolutely. You know, Pete, I really want to do a big shout out and thank you and your network to reaching out to the DAV and helping us get the message up with the DAV. I truly appreciate what you're doing and helping us spread a great word about what we do. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to keep coming back each week for more great episodes. If you want to talk about something you learned today, if you have questions, or if you would like to be a guest on our podcast, go to AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and click on Contact Us. Thank you for listening.